Imagine waking up and the morning sun is shining just for you and no one is going to stop you from making your morning coffee. Everything is going just right. You don't even have to go to work today. Just put your shoes on, go out for a run, or maybe sit and chill, maybe read a book. You can do anything in this world. And then you wonder if everything was real. If this reality was a different reality. You are in fact in two realities at the same time. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Reading Runner podcast. I'm your host, the Reading Runner. And what you just heard was just a glimpse of what it's like to live inside one-off author Philip K. Dick's worlds. It's just a feeling. This is my own personal interpretation. I'm going to be going into a little bit more detail now. Philip K. Dick was born in Chicago, Illinois in 1928, and he passed away in 1982. He was an American writer known for some of the most outstanding works in science fiction. And it's not just that, because within the boundaries of science fiction, he was able to explore so much. And a lot of his explorations focused around the themes of philosophical, social, political themes, and stories dominated by monopolistic corporations, alternative universes, authoritarian governments, and altered states of consciousness. He was able to explore these concepts so well and even mix them up with metaphysics and theology. Philip K. Dick also drew upon his own life experiences addressing the nature of reality, identity, drug abuse, schizophrenia, and transcendental experiences. An uh, interesting fact was that he was born with a twin sister that died six weeks after they were born. And the reason I say this is because this idea was recurrent in a lot of his books, and it brought rise to the idea of a phantom twin, which was really interesting to know because I really started seeing this uh, after I learned the fact that he was actually inspired a lot by this phantom twin of his. And now I'd like to take you on a journey throughout some of the books that I've read by Philip K. Dick. And I'm going to start with a short story. It's called The Minority Report, uh, written in in 1956. It it is about a group of people called precogs who can see events before they occur. But there is a special subdivision called a pre-crime subdivision, which is basically these precogs can plug themselves into a machine and, well, they can see crime before it even occurs and can therefore take action before the crimes occur. Obviously, the story takes different twists and turns that I don't want to mention, but it gave me a lot of vibes that were um, like authoritarian government controlling everything that is happening in this futuristic sort of world. And the great thing about this is that it's a short story and it's uh, very thrilling It's action-packed, and I really recommend reading the Minority Report. 
1962, Philip K. Dick wrote The Man in the High Castle. It's an um, alternate history and is the title of this podcast episode. Uh, what would happen if America had lost in the World War II? It was a bit of a tricky read that paid off tons at the end. So those who gave up, please just go right through the book till the end. Trust me on this. Uh, it was interesting to dive into an America that was led by uh, Nazi Germany and Imperial Japan. And the title of this episode, The Grasshopper Lies Heavy, is actually a novel within this book that talks about an alternate history where Japan and Germany have lost the war. Two years after publishing The Man in the High Castle, Philip K. Dick wrote The Penultimate Truth in 1964. And I had recently just read this book, and it follows very similar themes to The Man in the High Castle, but in this book, it imagines a future where a third world war had started, and the events take place 13 years after it had ended. Here we have a civilization living underground, protected from radiation and warfare uh, that they were told was still going on on the surface. Not going deep into this one, but the living people, uh, the people living under, build and build and build to release what they have built onto the surface to fight whatever is up there. And this book really explored the themes of uh, being in isolation and what people would come up with just to just to protect themselves in in a world where they see threat on a on a daily basis. Next is one of my favorite books, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? It was written in 1968, and we know that Blade Runner was inspired by this book. I mean, the general outline is a bounty hunter that is supposed to stop a group of fugitive androids that have escaped from another planet, but androids resemble humans, and, well, therefore he must administer a special kind of empathy test to find out if they are truly androids or not. What I think wasn't really addressed in the movie is the title of this book, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? What you need to know is that there is another storyline running in parallel where if you have a real animal at home, depending on the animal, it determines which class you are from. And one of the characters dreams of having a real animal. And if you can't afford one, then you get an electric animal. And I believe that means um, you're from a class that is not quite on the high end, if you know what I mean. So yeah, I really, really great read. Would highly, highly recommend. Another grand favorite of mine is Ubik, written in 1969. Here, Philip K. Dick just starts this journey of constantly blowing my mind. He starts to take huge leaps and dives into having my mind blown by the different ways in which he can just pull the plug from me mid-reading and just keep me thinking about the twists and the turns for a really, really long time. I still think about Ubik until today, and um, it's a very, very um, difficult book to read. It's layered, uh, layer after layer after layer, and it's set in a world, and this world is 1992, so this is the future. And it has people with psychic powers, and these powers are used for, well, 
corporate espionage. Yep, you heard me, corporate espionage. What I loved most about this book was the way in which it was written, and it was different than any other Philip K. Dick book. Basically, every chapter is an advert, advertising Ubik, and uh, Ubik is a commercial substance used in this book. So every chapter is an advertisement for Ubik, a spray that um, I don't want to really talk about until you actually read it. So it's the story about Joe Chip, who works at a psychic agency, and he starts to feel strange alterations in reality, uh, which can be reversed, surprisingly, with Ubik. And it's one of those Philip K. Dick books where you're like, well, what's real and what's not? A Maze of Death was written in 1970, and this is a book that is about theology. And, um, well, it's not about theology per se, but theology was heavily explored in this one with several characters um, praying to different deities through an, an electronic transmitter. And the story begins here when 14 people are placed on a planet called Delmark O to inhabit it. And there they start to question why they're there. And this is just a brilliant take on a lot of uh, the things that we might feel here on this planet. So things start to go through an escalation of everything that is unfortunate. And again, I cannot go into any more details uh, about this book, but it's fascinating. I really, really recommend A Maze of Death. And you know what? In a way, it kind of reminded me of Agatha Christie's And Then There Were None. In 1970, um, he also wrote, along with A Maze of Death, Our Friends from Frolics 8. And this book I talked about on my Reading Runner uh, blog. It's, uh, it's a mixture of different kind of uh, groups. Old men, new men, and there's a cult leader coming from space with friends to help out uh, in the plot of the book, which, uh, which you need to find out when you read it. Coming in with Flow My Tears, The Policeman Said, written in 1974, if you're looking for fast-paced, upbeat, cyber-futuristic techno-thriller, this is the book for you. Um, this book talks about a famous celebrity who wakes up one day to no records of him anywhere whatsoever. Those millions of viewers no longer know who he is, and nothing shows up on any data records. No one knows who he is except himself. And I went in completely blind and was blown away by the different struggles this man had to go through with identity, something that Philip K. Dick himself went through countless times before. And he actually went through a series of events that shone a light on him and made him think a lot about theological and philosophical views that he later incorporated with um, books written in 1977 and upwards. So on February 20, 1974, 
while recovering from the effects of sodium pentothal administered for the extraction of an impacted wisdom tooth. So he received a home delivery of Darvon from a young woman. When he opened the door, he was struck by the beauty of the dark-haired girl and was especially drawn to her golden necklace. He asked her about its curious fish-shaped design, and she replied with, This is a design used by the early Christians, she said, and then left. So Dick called the symbol the Visical Pesquis. The name seems to have been based on his conflation of two related symbols, the Christian Icti symbol, and which the woman was wearing, and the Visica Pesquis. Dick recounted that as the sun glinted off the gold pendant, the reflection caused the generation of a pink beam of light. This mesmerized him, and he came to believe that the beam imparted wisdom and clairvoyance, and also believed it to be intelligent. On one occasion, he was uh, startled by a separate recurrence of the pink beam. It imparted the information to him that his son, his infant son, was ill, and at that time, they actually rushed with his child to the hospital. So here he was a little bit suspicious uh, when it was confirmed by, profe- by a professional diagnosis that he was, in fact, really ill. And he thought that this experience came from the pink beam that was reoccurring to him. And uh, he said, uh, I experienced an invasion of my mind by a transcendentally rational mind, as if I had been insane all my life, and suddenly I had become sane. Um, So this whole thing, this whole event, was the basis for his book, Valis. Uh, which was a beautiful, beautiful read. And I believe this is my favorite book by Philip K. Dick. And um, this concludes this concludes my little talk about Philip K. Dick. I hope that you have gained a little bit of knowledge about each book and can later decide which one uh, better suits you and your mood and which one you feel like you would be able to enjoy. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.